Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is Super Bowl Sunday, my favorite day of the year next to Christmas and Arbor Day. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, once again, is my good friend Kevin Smith. KT, it is great to have you here, and you are here for a reason, because it is the greatest day of the year, and you, like me, have a lot of great Super Bowl memories. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Doing great. Blessed. Blessed to remember most of these uh, Steelers Super Bowl games. Absolutely. And not just Steelers Super Bowl games. I want to talk about games that shaped you too, that did not have the black and gold in it. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. I got to tell you, this is Tales from 2 a.m. And by now, everybody knows the deal with the show. It's not 2 a.m., but whatever your clock reads, it's got to be 2 a.m. somewhere. Right, Kevin? Yes, sir. We got those good Australian audience, right? It's got to yeah. be around there. I have no idea what time it is in Australia. Uh, actually, it, it's uh, it's very close to 2 a.m. And Mark Davison mentioned, uh, Mark Davison from uh, Steelers Touchdown Under, who also wrote a great article this week, uh, his, for his debut article on the site. And there he is. It's 1 a.m. here and he can't sleep. And he wrote a great article on the site about going to Super Bowls. He has actually been to Super Bowls. And... That is something uh, they talked about that on his show yesterday, Touchdown uh, Under as well. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that everybody looks at this game diff- differently. Big Brosco was on the show last week, and he said, I will not watch the game because Tom Brady's in it. What I want to ask you is, does it matter who's in this game to you? I mean, it matters in that I always want the Steelers to be in this game. Absolutely. Well, and it matters in that I will always find a reason to have a rooting interest, right? Like today, I'm t- 
definitely rooting against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, there's no not, not even a question to me about that. Um, but but it doesn't matter who's in it. I will I will watch the game. The one a couple years ago, the New England uh, against the Rams game, which was a terrible football game, and uh, oh, and didn't oh, you know I didn't really have much of a rooting interest. I don't I don't really care about the Rams. I obviously didn't want the Patriots. That's like one of the only games I can remember in my entire life where I don't feel like I was riveted by it because it's the it's the ultimate you know i i love i love watching it doesn't even really matter what the the sport or even the genre is but like anything at the absolute highest level of competition you know that the the the, the best in the world doing a thing whatever the thing might be you know may, you know I, i'll watch i'll watch the olympics because you know it's the best in the world i'll watch the masters tournament because it's the best in the world you know like i just i was riveted by that by the queen's gambit even though it was fiction you know because like you're you're talking about you know like the 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 competitive mindset of the best in the world uh, at the ultimate level and that's just that's just a, an attraction in and of itself for me so i got to tell you a story and this is uh, this has nothing to do with football, but has everything to do with what you just said. It was two years ago, maybe three years ago now, and it was New Year's Eve, and we had some friends over. And what we did is, I mean, of course, we all have kids, so we're going to have people over a little bit earlier. And we we had a big dinner, and everybody was in there eating. I finished up, and I went into the living room, and I was going to find some football on. And the only football on at the time was like Oklahoma State and somebody else. And it was just you know, not an exciting game. And I'm flipping through and it says National Collegiate Cornhole Championships. I'm like, I'm going to put this on as a joke when they walk in. They're going to be laughing because I'm watching cornhole. Well, it got to the point when everybody walked in and they did the initial thing. Ha ha ha. You're watching cornhole. This is why are you doing that? Next thing you know. Everybody, men, women, children, riveted. We were rooting for a brother and sister team from NC State. I remember watching it. It didn't take us long to pick up the roles of Cornhole, and it was actually really exciting. And it was the best at the time, and it was so great to watch. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I enjoyed it. So if you ever do get a chance to watch the Cornhole Championships, fantastic. Yeah, if if, if uh, anything with a competition involved, my son will watch. So, you know, he's eight, so like <laughs> you know, competition is, is is exciting to him no matter what. Now uh, the uh, the next time now oh I'm getting flack from Richard McKinney. What is wrong with watching Oklahoma State football? I, I think it was I think they were like six and five at the time, and it, it just wasn't wasn't riveting to me. But how many you know, how many years ago was that? About three. Uh, it could have been the Mason Rudolph might have been their quarterback. No, no, Rudolph was already gone. Um, okay. So I think this was 18. He was already drafted. So uh, yeah, there was no James Washington either. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I love football, but I just knew that wasn't going to capture the attention of everybody. And I was probably going to go back to the game uh, because the cornhole thing was a joke. But and then it turned out to be a thing that we started watching <laughs> and we kept watching it. If you like, if you like offense, the Big Twelve is fantastic. I mean, defense is just like a rumor in the Big Twelve, you know. But if you like, if you like, you know, some air raid, you know, chucking it around the, the yard, that's entertaining. West Virginia is one of the teams that I follow too. So I yeah. mean, yeah, I I do understand that. But you know, for some people watching the Super Bowl, as I get back to the big game today, it is kind of uh, when the Steelers aren't in it. It's kind of like watching a live stream 
of your ex-wife's wedding. <laughs> you know, you know, they just can't handle watching it. And but for me, I mean, I, I just love the game. Now, when the Patriots were in it, it was I have realized this week that it's not Tom Brady that my problem it was just the fact that it was the Patriots more. Um, I still haven't decided who I'm going to root for in this game, but I could not watch at the end. I would not watch them celebrate. I did watch them celebrate live in Heinz Field. That was enough for me back in 2005, uh, well, 2004 season. I never watched the uh, the Ravens celebrate the Super Bowl. Both times that they won, I could not stomach to watch it, so I would turn it off with 20 seconds left to go. You know, when they were when it was all she wrote. I'm off. I can't do that, Kevin. Are you like me with that? Um, yeah, you know, I don't really, I don't really get that emotionally invested. Uh, usually, uh, Brady touches a nerve for me just because he's been such a. I mean, I have the utmost respect for him. He's, uh, you know, probably the best quarterback of all time. But he's just, you know, too much, too much pain that he's inflicted upon us as Steeler fans. So I don't like to see him succeed uh, anymore. He doesn't need to succeed anymore. But I don't really, uh, I don't really, I, I understand the emotion of that. I'll tell you a quick, real quick story. The, our high school team was in the uh, state championship in 2019, and uh, and we lost to a, a really good program. And it was on that that team's home field. And we had a team loaded with underclassmen. I knew a lot of our guys were going to be back the next year. So in the end, I, I, I made us kneel on the field and watch them celebrate and get the trophy. You know, they brought the trophy out and they had a little – celebration for it and I, I watched them do it and I just basically said to them like this is going to be us next year you know this is our goal and I want you to I want you to take it in I want you to see you know what what everything that they've worked for is sort of culminates in this moment where you get that that trophy it's symbolic on one hand but it's just a validation of an incredible amount of work and you know everything that they go through together etc cetera, etc cetera. and hey, one what? of one of our guys came to me. Uh, so then we, we went and had this season and we got back to the championship game, but then it got canceled for, with COVID. It was craziness, but whatever. One of our players came to me and said, you know, coach, that was the cruelest thing you ever did. The cruelest thing you ever did to us was make us watch that because that was really painful. So I, yeah, man, it, for, for the guys who are involved, it is incredibly important. But it it's motivating too. And it's, uh, you know, it could be cruel. It could be cool because you know this is this is where you shape your competitiveness going forward in life. And when you see somebody else, you know, uh, getting that brass ring, you know, going and enjoying uh, what they have, and you're like, why not me? So that's definitely a why not me moment. I love that story, Kevin. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's going to crush you, or it's going to you know make you stronger. It's a it's a it's a huge cliche. I understand that. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But you, it's a Kelly Clarkson song, I believe. But, yes. uh, <laughs> wow. If you, extra points if you break out in the song on this that show. Is, that is not going to happen. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I do think that, uh, yeah, that there's, especially when you're younger and, and in your formative years for high school kids, I think that that has a huge impact. And if you're, if you're a professional and you're, you're thinking about things like your legacy, you know, I, how, how much would it mean? to Ben Roethlisberger's legacy if he were able to come back next year and win a third Super Bowl. The, the, the separation point between quarterbacks who have won one or even two, and then you get up into that rarefied air for those who have won three. What is it? How many have won three? Is it four, I think? 
Bradshaw, Brady, Aikman, Montana. At Montana. Is that it? That might be it. That's I it. don't know if there's if there's any others, right? So so you're now talking about like if that's the stuff that drives, you know, Brady talks about how that stuff drives. And Michael Jordan in that in that documentary talked about how he left no slight. You know, like uh, that he would never forget any slight. And I loved how I know we're going to segue into this, but how TJ Watt posted uh, when he got, you know, when he didn't win the, the the defensive player of the year yesterday and he posted that picture of Jordan on his Twitter. It was fantastic because it tells you, man, he's not going to forget this. He's going to use it as motivation. Well, that was the uh, very next segue. And that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, so the big elephant in the room and everybody on the live chat is talking about this is TJ Watt. TJ did not win defensive player of the year. I was absolutely incensed at first. However, I do realize the greatness of Aaron Donald. And I understand completely when you look at the stats, TJ Watt has all of the stats except for one. And it's forced fumbles where it's four to two in favor of Aaron Donald. Now, Aaron is an interior player. TJ Watt is not. Is that the reason that Aaron Donald won this because he plays on the interior, Kevin? Yeah, I think because he commands so many double teams and because, uh, you know, he's he's such a disruptive force in multiple facets of the game. You know, like he's he's a run defender as much as he's a, uh, you know, a pass rusher. I think those edge guys sometimes get pigeonholed as just pass rushers. And, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe if they if TJ Watt had a bigger impact on the passing game when he's not rushing the passer, like in coverage, like he was able to put up some statistics in terms of defense, uh, passes, defense, the interception. And he did, he had nine. Okay. Well then, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that maybe this is, this is Donald's reputation. Uh, you, you mentioned it before. What's this? His third, his third yes. defensive player of the year award, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't microscope all of Aaron Donald's play, but I did do a film room on him last year when the Steelers played uh, at home, beat the Rams 17 to 12. And he was just an absolute menace uh, the entire game long. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm probably not qualified to say who should have won. Obviously, sentimentally, I, I wish TJ had won. Uh, I hear I hear you and Jeffrey Benedict are going to have a little steel cage match to settle this. <laughs> There was no venom, but we were going at it on the Slack, and I kind of, I kind of held off because after a while, I, I'm reading what Jeff Jeffrey's writing, and I'm like, yeah, I can't argue with this because I'm remember I'm not the X's and O's guy like you and Jeffrey are. Um, I, I got to tell you, but so I kind of laid back, and I understand, and I actually went to bed thinking, all right, I'm going to look at what Jeffrey's saying, and I'm going to understand it more. The only thing that I disagree with him the most on is because I do not think that Donald was head and shoulders over TJ Watt. Winning twice before, and you have somebody that's coming in and getting all the stats, doing everything, looking good doing it, maybe not looking the same as as, uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, They're doing it in a much different way. But if it was a situation where you are up here, and everybody else is down here, give it to Aaron Donald every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I understand. But when they're a whole lot closer, and all year long, everybody is saying, TJ looks like the defensive player of the year. And it wasn't just in Pittsburgh. It was everywhere. A lot of people were already anointing them, anointing him. 
And then all of a sudden, it's a whole lot closer. I saw something the other day where it was 25 to 24 in with uh, some voting in uh, one publication. And it was Donald was uh, one ahead of TJ Watt. So I kind of felt like Donald was going to go ahead and take it, not taking anything away from a first ballot Hall of Famer, which he is going to be. But I remember in basketball years back looking like, oh, Michael Jordan won it again. And there was a reason he won it again, because he was just head and shoulders above everybody else. I just don't think that's the case this year. That is the only reason that I am that I am complaining here. I wonder about I, I don't know anyone who you know has a vote in this. I don't know any journalists who, who do. Um, I wonder if there's anything that comes from the league and probably not. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial, but like you think about like, do they are there considerations beyond the play on the field? Like, are there considerations about, hey, this guy's already won it two, three times. Uh, the Watts are a huge fan, you know, brand name in the NFL. You know, like, uh, if, if you got a toss-up in there, you know, let's let's spread the wealth a little bit. Let's, let's push a new narrative. Let's try to, uh, you know, get another conversation involved. I don't know. I wonder if there's ever any, like, not, I'm not saying guidance from the league, but if it's close, let's push our vote here or there. What do you think about that? You know what? I, I was also thinking the same thing. Um, I thought that's something that uh, they would do, but whoever's voting found a reason to go ahead and vote the way of Aaron Donald. I just feel like there's room for another brand name on the defensive side of the ball, not just Aaron Donald, but you know what? I, I can completely get go down a rabbit hole here and uh, turn this into an entire uh, Trent Jordan Watt against Aaron Donald, who I love Aaron Donald. Loved him at Pitt. I follow Pitt football. Uh, just thought it was TJ's turn. I love what you said earlier about TJ. I mean, not being afraid to come out and, uh, and complain about it. Now, the fact that he's complaining about it, even though he's got a lot of people complaining too, Juju was um, Cam Hayward, a lot of people were out there, um, you know, putting the facts down, putting stats down. Of course, his brother's going to stick up for him. Both of them stuck up for him. They put the Michael Jordan memes on. Um, but are voters next year going to look at this and say, all right, TJ's being a big baby? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder how personally people, people take these things. I wonder how much uh, they're like or dislike of uh of a player as an individual figures in you know it's like everything else <clears throat> in my <clears throat> excuse me in my government course that i teach we talk all the time about the supreme court and their job is to interpret the constitution in a nonpartisan fashion but they are people and as people they have political opinions and preferences and how does that not play in and when you're voting for anything how does the personality of the individual or your personal feelings about the thing not get in the way of the manner in which you cast your vote. You know, I don't, I don't know how it does. You know, if you can be a, a truly objective person in this, you know, moment in our, in our history or in our society is, is tough to find. So I don't know. I mean, they, that said, Aaron Donald and TJ Watt both seem to be really likable people. You know, it's not like you're voting for a villain here. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a great question. I mean, maybe it just came down to the straight, uh, you know, opinion that that donald had a better season when you looked at everything 
And that very well could be. Steeler Chick 46 said, thought it was a joke that Gilmore got DPOY last year. Donald, I can live with. And I guess that's the best way to wrap it up. Yeah, I could live with it being Aaron Donald too. Um, I feel that TJ got robbed a little more last year. So we can go ahead and uh, leave it there. But so many other things happened at the NFL honors yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, no problem with that. There is one that I wanted to bring up before I get into the Hall of Fame vote. Um, and Evgeny Crosby brought this up about uh, Ben getting only one vote for comeback player of the year is a joke. Look, um, I understand you feel that way. What Ben did coming back this year was, was uh, great. What Alex Smith did to come back this year was absolutely amazing and this is an award that a guy that almost died because of a football injury, you know, that's something that I can't, uh, I was sitting there yesterday and I was clapping and I, uh, Ben doesn't care about being comeback player of the year, year, Alex Smith. It would have been a joke if Alex Smith did not win that award. Yeah. And, and I think even if the Steelers had continued on, you know, uh, probably the way that they finished the season may have uh, affected some of the people in terms of their vote. Even if the Steelers had continued on and, uh, you know, made it to the championship game or whatever, I still think Alex Smith would have won. That story was, was incredible. Uh, I also think like we were just talking about, are there personal prejudices involved? I do feel like when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger, that there, there are some in terms of the national media, that there are people who remember him early in his career, that's kind of shaped their opinion of him and they really haven't changed. I mean, just, I'm, I'm constantly surprised when, you know, they start talking about the best quarterbacks in the league. And every time they throw out Philip Rivers' name over Ben Roethlisberger, I'm, I just shake my head, you know, and I just, what, what is that? That has to me, that's, that's, that's some kind of personal narrative that people have worked up against Roethlisberger. So I'm not saying that that's what happened here. I a hundred percent believe Alex Smith was, the right choice there, but I do think there's a little bit of national bias against Ben. Oh, there definitely is. Ben Roethlisberger will never be the NFL MVP. The uh, closest he can ever get is having an amazing game in a Super Bowl, and I think that is what will turn the tide. Uh, if Ben ever gets an opportunity to get back there, gets that third ring, I think they will finally anoint him in the very end. But Ben Roethlisberger is, in my mind, a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I got to tell you, I think that bias might continue and you might not see him as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Speaking of Hall of Famers, great Hall of Fame news yesterday. Um, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you have got to be absolutely elated. We're going to talk about that next. If you're a fan of the Steelers and you see one of their greatest rivals of the 70s and the early 80s getting in there as a Hall of Famer, you've got to stand up and applaud too. I am thrilled about this inclusion as well. And we're going to talk about that when we come back right after this on the Steelers Retro Show. Stick around if you are on YouTube or Facebook. If you are on any of our podcast platforms where you download your favorite podcast, just go ahead, download number two of Tales from 2 a.m. And we'll be back right after this. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.